16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, you tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the My Team Metro. Uh, yeah, we seem to be having a problem slightly with uh, our voice notes, so we can't really play those back. But uh, yeah, I certainly have it on good authority. So I don't know, maybe we, we might have to create a spaces, Tuma, uh, where we play back some of those voice notes uh, on uh, yeah many things, including that issue, yeah, said Discovery. But uh, now this evening in our Culture Talk, uh, joined by a multi-award winning actor, writer and theatre activist, and uh, also, uh, yeah, I would argue, social entrepreneur. And uh, uh, her name is Bushengaba, and uh, she uh, yeah, studied acting and contemporary performance at Rhodes University uh, and uh, processes of performance at the University of Leeds in the United Kingdom and joins me this evening as our guest for our Culture Talk. Bushe, good evening to you and welcome. Hi. Hello, hello. I wonder how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am very excited to be here with you and yeah. all of your listeners. Ah, <laughs> it's great to have you. Great to have you, Bushe. Bushe, before we get into uh, the richness of your work, uh, yes. and I guess all the motivations that drive that, uh, let's maybe just sketch from an autobiographical perspective uh, some of the work that you've done. Perfect. Um, and you know uh, yeah, your motivations. I'm so sorry to disrupt you and hijack you on your show, but you are doing the perfect thing at the moment. Can I quickly divert just for 20 seconds um, on ahead. a personal note to wish my nephew, Wane Resehongaba, who is up right now, Arisejo. waiting. Yes, Wane Ngaba, happy 12th birthday, my boy. Mama is so proud of you where she is. And go to good, Wane. End of story. You know what I like about Continue. what you just did? <laughs> you, you're doing what we should be doing in radio. You know, back in the day in radio, they used to always say, I call him Tolu Bulisa. Tolu Bulisa, buddy. Exactly. Right. We go say hello to so and so and so and so and so and so. I'll everyone's moment. Ah, oh, man, the young fellow, yeah, I yeah, must go to bed. Um, Definitely. Indeed, indeed. And be blessed. Butter? Yeah, who is Bushe uh, and where did it all start? Where, where did the uh, bug of, uh, yeah, this multidisciplinary uh, foray that you've done into the world of arts, where, where did the bug bite? Um, I have all, mm. I can't say this enough, and I suppose it's because as I go deeper into, I suppose, the legacies that I'm picking up on. Sure. Um, so, for example, along the coattails of Mam Charlotte Matweke, et cetera, et cetera, I start to realize more and more that the great gift of being given the opportunity to tell a story mm. is also because you have allowed yourself the opportunity to full on take to fully take on the opportunities of education. Exactly. exactly. Um, so I would really say that via my parents, via my grandparents, by my grandfather, I'm a very proud Kosa man, um, who also he was a teacher, um, and again, you know, we were always just told to do what everything you can with the little that you've got. Mm, mm. And, I guess and that's, my people no, are farmers, you know. Oh, um, yeah? yeah, I come from, you know, people who are peasants, people who work the land. And mm. I'm proud of that, you know, and people who did something and made something of themselves. And I love that. Mm. I, I like how, how you put it that way, because in many ways, you know, those experiences, uh, you know, working the land, prioritizing education, in many ways, that's the intergenerational investments that have been made in us. They might not, you know, cash out in cash money uh, or any yeah. of the other spoils I of the world, I'm laughing as you, you know? say that. 
I can literally hear my mother turning in whatever dimension she is and saying, "This school feasible, school fees." Let me tell you, every time I won an award or something really beautiful happened, you know, she would always say, "This school feasible," always remind me. And and how has school fees, I guess, you know, penetrated the work that you've done? Um, I mean, be it in theatre, right through to your contributions to children's literature, uh, documentary, filmmaking, uh, and even, I guess, you know, you know, your entrepreneurial pursuits as well. Definitely, um, I think so. I think you know, I think in everything that you just described, um, there is a clear, thorough line of. Mm. And and just some of your experiences. I mean, if you could share those uh, with us, you know, um, f- from starting in the United Kingdom, you know, to working with uh, Dr. John Carney, um, yes. and uh, to some of your, you know, even educational experiences and performance uh, here in South Africa and in the United Kingdom. Um, just talk to us about some of those influences and how across the evolution of your own journey uh, and in some of the work that you've done, how how much of an influence those have been. Sure. Um, you can go here, you mm. can go there, you can learn this and you can learn that. But I think that if you're hungry for it, there does come a point where you can find yourself in an audition room and um, we can make it happen. We really can. Mm. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen with me. Um, but as I said, and I will keep saying it, it is far better to walk into that room knowing that what you know is solid. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I guess th- there's always that, um, and it's not something one would argue is unique to the arts, uh, the sense that where do we fare in comparison to some of our counterparts in other parts of the world? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so difficult. Sometimes we don't accept here in South Africa that, you know, in the cultural sphere, least of all. I mean, we, you know, we, you know, somebody once said we have very badass, you know, jazz musicians, badass theater makers, you know, and, and I hate yeah. to use that word, but I guess it is nighttime radio. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, and we sometimes don't, largely because of one, sometimes we don't take ourselves seriously, but also I think administratively and otherwise, we really exactly. don't take this seriously or the creative economy seriously. And maybe I'd love to hear some of your thoughts yeah. on that, because I, I think, you know, uh, we could speak about what happens on stage, but there's also bigger systemic questions that influence what ends up going on stage, what ends up being seen. Oh, I think that you're bringing up such an important and, and he is a living and a breathing body that needs to be able to do that. You know, mm. but the rent needs to happen. And I think that in South Africa in particular, they become, there's this painful um, perception around seeing ourselves as labor, artists as labor. And I think that if we began to take that on, it would actually be really helpful because the point is you do offer a service, mm, you know? Mm. And I think that if we stopped seeing it, I, I, I think if all of us stopped seeing labor as bad, because that is not the point, you know, it is not. That is what we do. We provide a service. I think that it would really help us, you know, just so that we would understand the fight is not just about art, you know? It's so much more. Mm. Um, but, but do you think that's a function? Sorry to disturb you. There. Do you think it's a function, I guess, of how operatively some things happen in this space? I mean, I always get a sense that, yeah, you know, there's a lot of industries where 
you know, people who work in those spaces compete with one another. But um, I guess it's more brazen in, in the world of art. You know, if I'm sitting outside an audition room, you know, and uh, you've yes. gone in uh, and we're auditioning for the same role. Um, it certainly doesn't make me feel like I must, as I get out of that audition room, sit with you in a meeting and organize the takedown, you know, of some of the theater companies or anything like that. Exactly. It makes it incredibly difficult. And meanwhile, role surely there should be about 20 roles. Exactly. Therefore, mm. should not all of us be given the opportunity to write something, to create mm. something? Um, I, I think that there's a limited, actually exactly what you just described. I'm not even going to waste our time <laughs> because that is exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. I guess it's the politics of it. Um, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, um, the small things, for example, like um, understanding that Please understand basic accountancy, for example. Mm. I really wish I'd taken that into account, you know, or the importance of taxes or how to understand yourself as a business or as a company also and what that might mean mm. for you because I feel like you spoke about something so important and something I'm really passionate about and that's pouring back into the African arts economy. But that sure, means that we need sure. to be ready. You know? Yeah, you know, I mean, it makes one wonder, 12 years at school, and if, you know, I can't exactly, file a tax return, I exactly. can't, you know, uh, uh, fill out an invoice to send, you know, it's just weird. Surely not. Talk to me Surely. about New Girl Code. Um, <laughs> it can't be. Talk to me about that, yeah. Yes, what, the filling in invoices? Ah, New Girl Code, because oh, you're not just, you know, okay. a playwright, but you're also, I guess, organizing where tech meets you know, so many other yes, industries. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, what's that? Where tech meets literature meets many. Um, well, I wrote The Girl Without a Sound a couple of years ago. I think it was about six years ago now. And that's mm. my um, children's book, um, book for black girls or for black kids, any kids, but specifically for, because um, the dedication is always good. That's why it's called, um, or rather the dedication in it is for the ones with moonlight in their skins. And anyway, basically, after the Go Without a Sound came out and got translated into all 11 official languages, um, I was, um, who got in touch with me? Her name is Yannicka Nissen, and she's a tech entrepreneur um, from the Netherlands. And she spoke to me about a really incredible book project that they had started in New York called The New Go Code. And basically, it's about a young girl who, yeah, she navigates the coding space, let's mm. say. Um and so they wanted to do a version of it in South Africa. And I said, that's definitely something that I would love to do. So Isabella turned into, or Bella, whoever it may be, turned into <laughs> um, so, so this is like here. some Afrofuturist Octavia Butler type yeah, thing you guys are working really, on. Really, mm. Yeah. And what was really incredible about it also was that it also really opened me up to the tech space. Sure. And also the tech creative space also. And I think that that's something I've been so closed off to. Mm. And finally enough, the new girl code came out. And then the following year, COVID hits. Then my one-woman show, Swan Song, um, turned into a screenplay. And I think the connection I'm trying to make here is that my openness to what could happen, you mm. know, um, was definitely, again, education, right? The more you're exposed to the more that you know what sure. might sure. happen, it makes it possible for you to dream, and also, I guess, widen your horizons beyond just one medium. Because, I mean, just as you exactly. were talking, I was just thinking, like, I mean, I've never seen any sci-fi on a theater uh, you know, stage. Right? And um, why not? You know? I mean, uh, and until fairly why recently, not? I didn't know that there was, like, a, a world, an entire world. I mean, Nnedi Okafor and many others. Right? Of, like, African women who are writing sci-fi. So there's also those 
lessons I love that I think we need so to much. talk about. Yeah. yeah. I also discovered, I, I was also at also, I'm so sorry, I just want to touch just on this. Okay. Um, to say, I am aware that maybe that's how I feel about my work with UWC and the CHR Center at the mm. moment. I'm an artist, um, an artist in residence there. And at the moment, I'm writing a production on Charlotte Matlake, mm. based very much on the PhD of um, Metozama April. And her research is so dense and so incredible. And I just wanted to say exactly what you just spoke about to what we're discussing about. We never imagined these incredible black women authors who are writing these sci-fi insane stories. That's kind of how I feel when I find all of this insane research on Memakleke that I feel like Mm. it can't possibly be real. But... Yeah, Memakleke is something else. And uh, maybe, Bush, I think and in our part two, we must just talk about her only. Yes. It's so unfortunate we have run out of time. Uh, we're yes. going to have to pause it here. But I certainly hope mm-hmm. in the part two, we can talk about Memakleke, who, you know, the, just the transatlantic connections that she yes. made, you know, in, in her own life uh, at a time and when... the black intellectual, I mean, you know, I mean, has always been there. The black artistic yeah. intellectual has always been there. Bush, um, Let's leave it there, Siswam. Let's leave it there so that you, you keep yes. at least some in reserve for part two. But uh, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak Absolutely. to us this evening. I really wish we had a bit more time, uh, but we're going to have to leave it here. Bushe Ngaba uh, is a multi-award winning uh, actor, writer, speaker, a- art activist, uh, and yeah, writer in residence. And I certainly hope we can speak to her about some of the work she's doing uh, with uh, Charlotte McGregor for a part two. But